SAFM's Beck and Soda. Good morning. Oh, big news breaking overnight. What's Beyonce that? announcing a world tour. Oh, that's good. Is it? Have you ever seen her live, Beyonce? No. Yeah. Why have you? No. I'm well, you're not going to get to because at this stage she hasn't put any Australian dates out. Oh, she's not just skipping Adelaide, she's skipping the whole of Australia. Yeah, that's well, Madonna tour. hasn't put Australia on the map either. Harry Styles isn't coming to Adelaide. World tour. Not a world tour. You can't forget us. No, absolutely. What's your favourite concert you've ever been to in your life? Um, Ever? uh, Elton John. Oh, when? Um, At the park. (laughs) Oh, Elton John at the park. You know, when did that outdoor concert at the... Was it Elder On Park? Hackney Road. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's your best concert you've ever been to in your entire life. Yeah, because we bought like really cheap tickets last minute on the day because I had FOMO. Yeah. And then we stood right around the side and then they let people in to get to the front of the stage. So I paid like minimum price for my ticket and yeah. then right. got to race to the front and I was I could have almost touched Wasn't it. Wasn't there some promoter who got busted, got done? He went broke for bringing out and joining all that over? Isn't that all the tickets were cheap? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't that bloke in the paper get done? Yeah, um... Yeah, um, that's no good. Phil, well, we don't Phil need to say his name. No, no, no. We don't need to go down there. Name, you don't we don't need to go into some sort of... Le- no, 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 no. For there to be a defamation case. Yeah, I don't think you need to though, mention. I just thought, wasn't that that situation? Your best concert anyway, I've ever been to? Yeah. Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA to a 1985, and I wagged school to get there. I actually slept in the Melbourne showgrounds overnight. 1985, I wasn't born. What? You, what? You were so. How old are we? Bruce Springsteen and yep. Elton John. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Is this cool? Not everyone's 17 <laughs> waiting for R&B's Friday listening to this. <laughs> right? Come on. Can you pump that up a little bit? Right. How good's that? Yeah. Welcome to Triple M this morning, everyone. I hope you enjoy it. What are we? 104.7. No, mate. Give us a call. one triple three five three anytime. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, that's the wrong station. If you want to oh, go, and see, the same you people, go and see your mate, doesn't it go matter? over there. Sorry, 131060. Welcome to SAFM. We've got R&Bs and all that sort of stuff today. R&Bs. Now, R&Bs is on Friday. Tomorrow. Make mate, sure you're listening. We are trying to get the audience to understand that Mark Soderstrom is now on, on SAFM. There you go. SAFM's Beck and Soda. We'd like to welcome Mr. Tom Gleason. Oh, Mr. Gleason, welcome to SAFM. Tom's the host of Taskmaster's premier season. Oh, Mr. Gleason, welcome to SAFM. Tom Gleason, you show on Channel 10. You've just um, blown off the ABC, mate. Oh, well, Beck, what's actually happened is Channel 10 fired me five years ago. So I went to the ABC, mm. became more popular than the, than the entire network of 10. Yes. And now Channel 10 has begged me to come back. Yep. That's what's happened. So now I'm slumming it with you, Beck, on your network. (laughs) I think that's a wonderfully concise uh, situation that you've described there. And look, Beck got blown off by 10 too, so she's still overcoming that. Oh, there you go. That's all right. Well, go to the ABC, Beck, and uh, get your mojo back, and then then 10 will come begging for you too. Hang on, Beck, didn't you bail on the ABC (laughs) to go to 10? Too soon. Too soon, Gleeso. Okay, (laughs) enough about about my failed career. Um, Tell us about Taskmaster. Oh, well, Taskmaster's a, it's a comedy show where I've got five comedians. They're mm-hmm. on every week for 10 weeks, and I set them tedious tasks that they have to carry out, and I get to judge them and score them and, de- and decide who wins and get drunk on the power. <laughs> Tommy, do we expect a lot of hard quiz power, as you said, and a lot of hard quiz sort of angst towards these people? Well, it, well, it has a similar energy. For years, I mean, this show's been running for like 15 seasons in the UK. There are versions of it all around the world. So mm. I've had people 
telling me I should do the Australian version of Taskmaster for years. So yeah, it's got a it's got a similar feel to it. That's good. I like that. I like people having to be uh, will perform under pressure. Tom, speaking of performing under pressure, do you allocate tasks in the house amongst your partner and kids? Well, we don't actually have strict. We have things that we favour. So I tend to clean up the kitchen and do all the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And I take the bins out and deal with all the waste. But the thing that annoys me <laughs> is my wife, whenever I do stuff to do with the bins, she says I'm obsessive compulsive <laughs> or I've got OCD. And I'm like, no, I'm, I've got a different condition. It's called being helpful. <laughs> That's what I do. She's like, oh, you're so obsessed with the bins. You take them out. You take them out every week. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm contributing. Are you very fussy about what goes in green waste, recycling, your general waste, your bins? <laughs> I like the way you say fussy. It's not there's, – there's no – it's black and white. That's glass true. goes in the glass bin. There's, there's no fuss to it. It's just, you can't go, oh, I'm feeling a bit lax today. I might, uh, might throw all the general waste into the recycling because I'm just not in the mood. Um, Tom, I always had this thought in my mind, and look, Beck might jump down my throat here, but I've always had this thought of pink jobs and blue jobs. What? Oh. Right. What, what do you if mean? If you say pink is in the kitchen and blue is in the garden doing the mowing the lawn, I will go spare. Listen, I'm not allocating where they are. You just did that yourself. You went straight to the stereotype. I didn't. Yeah, I it, always... could, it could be different, Beck. I mean, for me, it could be like for me, mowing the lawn would be a pink job because I get sunburned. <laughs> and then a blue job would be vacuuming inside because the air conditioning's up, you know, too, it's too cold. Well, Tom, you went straight to your default is to go and sort out the kitchen and the dishwasher and the so forth. So that could be a blue job in your house. I'm not essentially stereotyping the type of job, but I always think there's no point replicating the same skills as your wife or partner. Okay. So if she's awesome at doing the dishwasher, unpacking yes. and that, why should I learn to do it? Oh. It's a waste of time. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that because my wife is really into cooking and she's really good at it. So she does do all the cooking, which mm. doesn't sound great. I'm not going to allocate a colour. But at the same time, she's really good at it. And yes. so for me, it's yeah. like when Don Bradman's batting and you're at the other end, mm. let him face the balls. Absolutely. You know, he's better at it. You're also not going to do pink and blue because it's 2023. No, hang on, mate. There I'm might just be a saying, non-binary colour. I'm, I'm not saying pink or blue determining that a male only does yeah. it, a female does it. What I'm saying is if you have a skill set, right. if Tom is very good at working out okay. the recycling goes in the recycling bin, his wife doesn't have okay. to do the bins because she could put her energy yeah. into yeah. something else right. so that you... So that when As you have a, a guest unit, on, you're better. you should let them talk. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I'm thinking there should be teal jobs, maybe. Maybe that's better. If there are teal jobs. Like the teal independence. It's a different colour. Yeah. They're non-binary jobs. Oh, okay. Pink and blue jobs. I'm from the ABC. I have to say this. <laughs> hey, Tom, speaking of colours, now our boss, Flack, is uh, a ginger like yourself, right? Yeah. He told us when we were talking about chatting to you, he said that yeah. there is a rule amongst redheads and dating other redheads. Is this legit? Yeah, you don't date each other because mm. it's it's just bad for the gene pool. So my <laughs> wife is brunette mm. and both my children have dark brown hair, so I've bred myself out. See, I've done my bit. But t- I've this, done my bit. Is this how it works? If, if two people have a recessive red gene and they get together, yeah. even if they're both browns, they've got sort of a one in three chance of having a redheaded child. No, 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 they, they'll give birth to a freckle, a giant freckle in a pram. No good. No one needs to see that. A Hague's freckle, though, they're good. <laughs> I actually, that'd be quite prized, wouldn't it? I didn't think of that. A giant freckle. Sounds delicious. <laughs>
Well, our boss Flack reckons that if you date a redhead and you're a redhead, it looks like your brother and sister. Yeah, I know. It, it looks a bit off. I wouldn't recommend it. See, it's like Nicole Kidman. Yep. She came to me. She wanted to hook up with me after Tom Cruise. Mm. And I'm like, it's not going to work, love. Move on. So then, then she started dating Keith Urban. Mm. She just wanted to make it easy in the bedroom because she was used yeah, to going like, out Tom. It's going to be weird. We're going to give birth to a celebrity freckle. It's going to be no good. From one, one Tom to another. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you right? Oh, oh Jeez. Lost She's just coughed all over the place, you filthy animal. Oh, and cover no. your oh mouth, God, please. I did. Oh, very oh, funny. Um, and, of course, Taskmaster and then you're coming back <laughs> for the fringe yes. for more of those hilarious gags, yes. Tom Gleason. Yes, we're doing a hard quiz live in the gardens. Oh. It's going to be a treat. So, yeah, it's going to be in a tent. 500 people are going to be jammed in there. And some of the contestants that I get out of the crowd, I suspect, will not be sober. So it will be fun. <laughs> oh, Tommy, so essentially, if you're in the audience in the Garden yeah. of Unearthly Delights, you could well be getting your dream to play hard quiz if you're that way inclined. Yes, that's right. And if you think about it, it's low pressure because it's only in, you're only going to humiliate yourself in front of a few hundred people instead of a million. <laughs> so it's not bad. Um, can I ask, Tommy, is the brass mug on offer in the garden? The brass mug, I bring it with me. It'll be right there on display, definitely. I love one of those. I want one of those brass mugs. When I was a kid, the one thing I wanted in my life was to go on Sale of Century and get the Edmondson Proud Diamond oh, Set the... Memento pin. Yeah. And now that oh, I'm yeah. a little older, I want the hard quiz mug. But you're not skilled in any particular I know, area. but that's what I wanted. That's what I coveted as a child. Yeah. All right. That's so funny. It was inspired by that, actually, because we thought, what prize can we give, which sounds amazing, but is actually nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We came up with a big brass mug. Now well, everyone loves it. I've got to say, the big brass mug, Tommy, is a hell of a lot more useful than the diamond set memento from Evanson Proud. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it can be a weapon. You can actually uh, dispense with our burglars using the big brass mug. I love it. Tommy Gleeson, uh, the new show is Taskmaster, and the stand-up show is going to be Hard Quiz Live, which will be fantastic. We're going to see you at the Garden of Unearthly Delights, my friend. All right, see you there. Cheers, Gleeso. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Is it right? Is it wrong? And you can register your right or wrong at safm.com.au and win $1,000. Joe has done this. This is her question. Hi, Beck and Soda. Is it right or wrong not to invite some family members to your wedding, even though I haven't even seen them since I've been engaged? Mm. Mm. Right. So Joe's backstory is that she actually lied. Mm-hmm. She told them that her venue only had a certain capacity. Right. To exclude them. Right. Mm. So she could just cull people from the yeah. list. Um, it can be quite stressing. I've had a couple of weddings. Yeah. Um, and you know what? The first one had a lot of people. Mm. You know, went pretty big on it. How and the long second did that one, one last? Ah, oh, six months. That wedding. Oh, the whole marriage. Just had enough and bailed. Yeah. Um, and so the second one. Uh, I, I reckon we had about 50 people there because I went, you know what? I'm just going to invite the people that I really want there. Yeah. And it is pretty tough sometimes, isn't it? When you've got to cull a little bit yeah. and decide, right, are we going to have that person or that? But certainly with some family members, if you feel obliged for them to be mm. there, but you don't want them there, yeah, is it okay to lie about that? I think it's right. I know we had, James, my husband has, I think, 17 cousins. The Wakelands are a big wow. family. And from memory, not all of them could come, but we invited all of them and partners. And for me, as a bride, the last thing you want to do is be walking down an aisle and seeing faces in the crowd that you don't recognise. 
which was the case for me. I'm like, that's your cousin's bloody girlfriend. <laughs> and I'm yeah, never, yeah, but that's okay, isn't it? It's like, look, it's okay, but I would have rather have a smaller wedding. I'm, I'm, I'm hedging my bets because wow. I'm thinking some of them might be listening. Hello would, to the whole Wakeley family. There's lots of I them. I would hey. rather just have everyone there mean something very special to you. So I understand why people would want to come. But isn't there an obligation? And I'm thinking of particularly, you know, I've got some friends that are Greek and Italian and they've got massive fans. They've like been to weddings with 300 people. Yeah, I know. 350 people. But some of them get money pinned on the dress, so I can oh, understand yeah, yeah. why you would yeah, go yeah, with yeah. everyone because uh, you can pay for your honeymoon. In fact, some of them probably pay for half their house from the yeah. one night. Yeah. Um, but I, look at the situation. If there's some particular tensions in a family yeah. um, and you feel that there's an obligation or perhaps one side of the family wants them there mm. and sometimes the parents get involved and say, well, I want that person And there. I'm paying for it, so they'll it be there. Messy. The guest list, I reckon, is one of the hardest things about a wedding. Mm. Is it right? Is it wrong? Our right or wrong this morning to exclude your family members from your wedding for whatever reason it may be. I've got to say there is a lot of calls coming through and a lot of them. There's some horror stories of what's happened and why people are being banned. Um, Kerry is sent in here on the socials. They excluded a whole side of the family except for an auntie and my nana. Massive family drama. I didn't need the stress. Don't speak to or see any of them to this day. And that was 21 years ago. Wow. That's a hell of a wow. rift. You can pick your friends, but sometimes you cannot <laughs> pick the family. Uh, Christy from Old Ranella, good morning. Right or wrong to ban some family members? Good morning, guys. I think it is 100% right. I had a falling out. Sounds exactly like what you guys have said. I had a falling out with half the side of my family. Mm-hmm. And they had weddings and they had massive life events. And I went, fair game. You're not going to come to mine. So that, so you missed out on invites to theirs and you went, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, that's a pretty good excuse, isn't it? <laughs> Christy, how long ago was all of this when you got married? Uh, three years ago. Right. Have you thought about trying to repair any of it or do you reckon it's done and dusted? Done and dusted. Never, even in 10 years' time, you can't see yourself trying to repair it? I don't think so. Mm. She sounds all right about it. I'm getting yeah. that vibe, Christy. Mm. You're not carrying any weight from that, which is good. No, not at all. Not mm. at all. I have no regret. No regret. It's been pretty unanimous this morning, Soda. People think it's okay. No doubt. And I'll tell you what now, uh, our producers, uh, Rach and Nick and Ruby, are working overtime because there are people ringing left, right and centre. There are some horrific stories of what's going on and the lies, the elaborate lies that have been told to keep people away from weddings. Victoria from Pennington, right or wrong? A hundred percent right. I had to cut weeks before my mm. wedding, my brother and his girlfriend, because she lost her shit at me oh. and called me oh. a that and I got rid of her right away three weeks before the wedding. I don't care. Right. Uh, okay. Thank you, Victoria. Um, thank you. Right. Okay. Um, can we... Okay. Okay. She's passionate. Thanks, Victoria. Can we just mind our language a little bit, please? <laughs> yes. If you are calling on thirteen ten sixty, right? Okay. Well, Beeping at least she's department. Carrying, <laughs> carrying a little bit of a burden there. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go. Let's hear from a bloke, Andrew in Aldinga. Right or wrong to exclude family members from your wedding? G'day, guys. I think it's absolutely right. I'm getting married next week, and if they don't make the effort for me, why should I make the effort for them? Right. Well, first up, Andrew, congratulations. Um, uh, who is the lucky woman you're getting married to or man? Uh, Emma, her name is. Emma. Righto. Just making yep. sure. Um, Very now, inclusive. You're so proud that you're inclusive. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. Obviously. Hey, hey, there's no problem. We're very, very open in this world. Uh, Andrew, uh, you're very excited about this? 
Yeah, absolutely. This is my second marriage, and I think that's why I've decided to just cut it out. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Hey, no problem with that, mate. You've always got to burn your first batch of scones before you get the temperature right in the oven. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You're referring to um, your So there are some people that gone. won't be coming that perhaps thought they might have got a gig at your wedding? Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of people I haven't heard from since my last wedding, so yeah. why should they get an invite to this one? Yeah. Good point. How many did you have first time around, roughly? Uh, close to 100. And what about this time? Close to 60. Good yeah. on you. Well done, yeah. mate. Well, yeah. we wish you and Emma all the best, buddy. Nice work. Um, Enjoy. Hang on. Now, we've just got, uh, we've got uh, Nick, our producer, is giving us a thumbs up. Victoria's still on the line. Okay. And she said, we need to speak to her. I'm a little nervous. Okay. We're going, going to go back to Victoria, the potty mouth, who oh, has no. uh, been schooled not to swear <laughs> again. Victoria, okay, so please, <laughs> please don't swear, Victoria. We're about to turn okay. the, the mic back on for you. So, Victoria, you cut your... You cut your brother and his girlfriend from your wedding after she called you some pretty mm. nasty words. Yeah, because he completely didn't say anything. He just, nothing. I don't even want to talk about it. It makes me so angry that he even took her side. And they're not even together now. Ridiculous. Victoria, can I ask what went wrong with the relationship with you and her? I honestly, I don't even want to get into it. Mm. But let's just say, I mean, yeah, blood's thicker than water, so... You don't need that as a, a stress as a bride as well. That must have put a lot of um, pressure on you. No, no, exactly. I have a million and other things going on and, and people just don't understand. Like people these days that are, you know, guests at weddings, they're so entitled. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Victoria, how did you broach it? How did you cut them out? Did you just say you're not coming or you had to make an excuse? I just, no, straight out said, she's going to act like that. She's not bloody coming. <laughs> Right. Um, have you repaired the relationship with your brother now they've split up? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah, it makes me pretty happy now, her seeing us friends again after everything happened. So I, I, I've i won the battle. Victoria, thank you so much for sharing. No worries. Have a good day. You sound like fun, Victoria. <laughs> You're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. We spoke to Tommy Little on the show yesterday and he revealed not only is he coming to perform in the Fringe, he's bringing the beautiful Carrie Bickmore with him Yep. and they are going to do their afternoon show live from the Fringe, from the Garden. Yeah, Garden of Unearthly Delights. Now, it's Thursday the 23rd of Feb. We are going to give you the opportunity to come along and enjoy what we call the OB, the outside broadcast mm. in uh, radio language. Yeah, every caller on air tomorrow, uh, Friday, yes. gets tickets to come along. There to be go. in the audience. Oh. Brilliant. But there's one step further. Yes. Right. And you can pick up a couple of thousand dollars here. Mm. Do you have a hidden talent? Because if you're in the Garden of Unearthly Delights, the heartbeat of the fringe, mm. we need you to perform. So you get the chance to go up on stage <laughs> during Carrie and Tommy's yeah. show and actually perform. Yep, your own fringe show plus $2,000 cash. Mm. If you have a hidden talent, register at safm.com.au and you could win 2000 bucks. Do you have one? Uh, I do. I'm going to reveal what my hidden talent is tomorrow on the show and it's going to blow your mind Is back. it is it fringe worthy? Could you do a fringe show with this Absolutely. hidden talent? Yeah, really? no doubt about it. But wow. you could have a great hidden talent. You might be really good at animal noises. Okay. I don't know. Could be. You might have a wonderful singing voice. You could be an acrobat. You might be extremely flexible. Okay. All right. Can you juggle chainsaws? Yeah. Oh, something like that. Do you tick any of these boxes? Um, No. Uh, Some people argue I don't have any talent at all. That's all right. We'll carry you on the show. (laughs) But if you'd like $2,000 and you would love to perform in your own act at the Garden of Unearthly Delights, uh, make sure you go to safm.com.au and let us know what your very clever little quirk is or your little talent, yeah? I'm excited to know what yours is. (laughs) You're going to love it. SAFM's Beck and Soda.
So do we haven't even been working together for a month. So we're no. still learning how each other works. So I want to have a bit of a relationship chat with okay. you now. We're in that feeling out process. Yes, still. we still are in that mm. process. Um, <laughs> when do you do the most chatting to your wife about your day or what happened? Like sort of when you get home from um, work or in, in, in bed, do you lie and have a bit of a chat before you go to sleep? Probably after work. Yeah. Be- or, yeah, no, after work, because of I sort of work in the morning and I work in the evening. Very busy, very important. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, I just like to be strategically away from the house. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing is when I get into bed, yeah. I want to go to sleep. Sleep is very important, particularly for breakfast radio. I don't want to chitter-chatter. So last night... I hop into bed and uh, mm. we get sent through uh, a list of stories from our producers of things we might talk about. And usually I try and read it before bed, but this occasion I'd had a few things to do and I thought, oh, I've got to quickly read my trending stories. Right. Where's Big Jimbo? Is he lying so back? So he's lying next to me. Reclined, just ready? And he's like, oh, I've got her. She's captive. I can ask her some questions about her day. So I just went, just hang on a sec. I've just got to yeah. read these stories, send through an email and then... Are you not meant to ever take your phone to yeah, bed? Yeah, I know, but I, technically I was rule? doing, I thought I was doing work a little bit. Yeah, I know that it keeps you awake, but thank you. I don't yeah. need the judgment around okay. that. <laughs> um, I had had lunch with some of my girlfriends from school. Oh, and so I'm reading through and I've, I'm halfway through an article. Yeah, ladies who lunch. Mm. And he goes, how were the girls today? <laughs> right. And I went, yeah, they were good. They're doing okay. Yeah. Keep scrolling. Any news from the girls? Yeah. I'm like, no, just same same old stuff. And my voice is very sort of abrupt because I'm obviously in the middle of doing something. So as something. a genuine husband, he was inquiring about your day yeah, and he was trying to find out how you were. He and also knew that I was busy. And then straight after that, I wanted uh, to go to sleep. So I didn't, he had, I just, we'd oh, just been on. home together for two hours and he had didn't ask me how the girls were. Right. So hang on. So one, you don't even want to talk to him. And then, what about your sort of matrimonial partnership? You weren't even going to fulfill any of those well, needs as well? <laughs> that happens on his birthday. Um, what? We sat down for dinner together and he had every opportunity to ask me these questions. And then he cooked pizza. And we, again, Good. we sat down and ate it together. Wow. And then a couple of minutes later, he goes, how was the pizza? Hang on. But so, I just said, you could have asked me how the pizza was when I was eating the pizza, not at night when I'm trying to wind down. I don't want to give you a, a review on your cooking hang on. at nine o'clock at so night. So instead of whinging and nagging at him like you are now on the radio behind his back, and good morning, Jimbo, if you are up and about, you're probably making the kids breakfast and lunch because that sounds like the sort of thing you do. He's made dinner last night. Yeah. Right, he's asked you about your day. But then he wants feedback on it. If you're going to make dinner and you want recognition, don't make it. And I bet you just rolled over and gave him the cold shoulder. Like, he's maybe inviting the opportunity to talk so that you can create some intimacy in your relationship. But but don't talk when I'm trying to go to sleep. Talk over dinner. I don't like talking at night. You're neglecting (laughs) your duties as a wife. Seriously. Anyway, the pizza was great. Jimbo, if you listen. It's about the only pie he got in his life. (laughs) This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Oh my gosh, look at these trending topics. Mark Soderstrom, are you familiar with the work of one Celeste Barber? Yeah, she's the comedian and she raised a lot of money, didn't she, for the fire? Yeah. A long time ago, the bushfires? Yeah. She has 9.4 million followers on Instagram. So what she does is she parodies celebrities or supermodels. They'll do a silly pose and then she'll recreate it with hilarious, self-deprecating, relatable results. So like, was that one of those Kardashians bent over or didn't they arch their back and put a drink on their bum? Yeah, that kind of stuff. And she does that. Or, you know, there'll be someone frolicking in the waves and then she'll be rolling on the beach and she'll get dumped by the waves. So she's very relatable, which is why women love her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the sisterhood 
the sisterhood are turning on Celeste. Oh, no. What is her crime, you ask? Her crime is having a glow up and looking too good now. Can I ask a question? Is this just me or is it always women tearing down other women and yes. it's hardly men doing the tearing down? Um, I would right? not like to agree with you, but I have to agree that that sometimes tends to be the case. Yeah. So she was photographed at the Australian Open at a Ralph Lauren event wearing their clothes, beautiful mm. hair and makeup. She does look like she's lost a little bit of weight. She looks beautiful. My Good. first thought when I saw it was nothing more than Celeste looks beautiful. She looks happy yep. with her husband. She's having a night out, so she's had her hair and makeup done. What's what is the, the crime sisterhood in that? done to her? The then? sisterhood is like, well, hang on a minute. She no longer looks like us in mm. with her wobbly bits. She looks beautiful and stylish like the people she parodies, therefore she's out of touch, which is just right. BS. Mm. Why can't women change how they look? Why can't they sometimes be natural and jiggling around in her bits? And, and on the 24th of January, she posted herself in her bikinis, mm. in her um, undies, and she's still wobbling around and showing that she's got jiggly mm. bits like the rest of us. So why can't she have a night out and then and put a bit of effort in and then not lose touch? Well, get on your soapbox. What do you want to say to the sisterhood? I want to say the, sis- the sisterhood should let women look however the hell they want to show themselves looking vulnerable and crap, but also going, look at me, I look good, I'm out. Let me be me. Don't tear each other down. Don't tear each other down. You're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. Beck, remember the other day we were talking about some bloke on maths mm. called Harrison yeah. and he went pretty crazy with his aftershave. This is when really he went, well, squirt mad. Have a listen. Squirt. Always. Always. Always sneeze after spray. Well, when you spray that much, are you still going? When you spray that much, mate, you will sneeze. Now, we worked out, Beck, that he actually had 24 squirts of aftershave on himself because he went to 12 body parts and he did a double squirt on each. So he started with right neck, left neck, top of head, back of head, back of neck, right ear, left ear, right peck, left peck. Then he did both his wrists. Too much. Is that too much? Yes, he would be a big waft of... waftiness. (laughs) waftiness. <laughs> Would you want to find out what the real sweet spot is? We need yes. to find out exactly how many squirts is enough. Uh, Sam joins us from Vast Virgin up at Sepultsfield. They make magnificent scents. It's one of the best smelling places you will ever be. She's the GM up there. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Beck and Soda. How are you both? Good. Now, it's 24 sprays of aftershave, <laughs> a little bit of overkill in your professional opinion. Absolutely. I don't know what he was spraying, but if he needs to spray that much, there's some serious issues. So either it's a really bad quality product that he's using Mm. or maybe he just needs a shower. (laughs) Sam, what is the correct number of sprays that you need to really maximise everything? Look, if you're using a good quality product, then probably just two sprays should be plenty. And whereabouts? And you know, if you apply them to a pulse point. So if he was applying it to his neck and his wrist, then mm. he's absolutely right. So um, on your neck, wrist, back of the knees, they're the hot spots on your body because they're pulse points. And so you get the most fragrance coming off of those areas on your body. Ooh, but back just of your two, knees. Yeah, back of your knees. Um, very what? Parisian, very chic to do that. Sam, what's going on on the back of your knees? Why are you spraying them? Well, you've got pulse points there, but it's supposed to be a seductive thing because if you are walking past someone Mm -hmm. and you catch their eye, the last thing they're going to smell is the back of your legs. So 
you know. Well, you mightn't have got that far in the relationship yet to get to the back of the leg type no, position. No, she means like when they walk past you in the street. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You're not like working your way down to okay. the back of well, the leg. Hang on. So we've got the back of the legs. What else is an unusual spot that's probably worth thinking about? Do you know what? You probably shouldn't go to unusual spots. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, now, the other thing I've heard, Samantha, is when you say put on your pulse points on your wrist that you're then not supposed to press them together. Is that correct? Look, that is correct. So you can do a really gentle dab, but certainly don't rub your wrist together because what actually happens is you will actually damage the, the top notes of the perfume. So the top notes are really light, fresh notes that you first smell when you put on a perfume because perfume shaped like a pyramid. And if you destroy those top notes, you're changing the whole structure of your perfume. Really? That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, Sam, thank you so much for joining us from Vast Virgin. So we can certainly say two sprays is the ideal amount, yeah? Yeah, two two sprays. And make sure you're buying a quality product and buy an eau de parfum because an eau de parfum has about 25% of your fragrance oils in there. So that's the best way to get maximum smell. Right, that's over the top of an odor toilette, is that right? It is, absolutely. You know your stuff, Soda. There you go. Hey, just before I go, Sam, um, for some blokes, they like to spray a little south. Is that dangerous and uh, recommended? Oh, uh, look, you know, I wouldn't go down there. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> well, you know, you were, you were spraying alcohol and, and oils onto that delicate area, and yep. um, I, I'd say no. Okay. On that point, goodbye. <laughs> Alright, thanks. thanks uh... <laughs> SAFM's Beck and Soda. We'll drop you off at school in a Ferrari, a Lambo or a Rolls Benz or Bugatti or a fire engine. I don't know, whatever you want. Beck and Soda's Deluxe Drop Off. It's our first Deluxe Drop Off tomorrow, mm. and we have handpicked a McLaren GT from our good friends at Zagami. Um, the McLaren, yes. you probably haven't been watching Emily in Paris. I it's featured in one of those eps. And it's a hot, hot car. I don't have to tell you, it's a hot car. I love them. The, the drawers fold up. Yes. Of... Imagine rocking and... up to school in that. Okay. If you want to be dropped to school in style, you can register at safm.com.au. Shall we call our first winner? Absolutely. Right, let's, let's, go. Go now. let's go. Hello, Catherine speaking. Good morning, Catherine. It's Beck and Soda here. How are you going? Good, how are you? Good. Are you very relaxed and excited now the kids are all back at school? Has it made your life better? Uh, yes, yes, I'm very, very excited. And Catherine, we understand you have a bit of a car nut in your family. Yes, I do. Yes, 10-year-old Will. Right. Well, is Will there? Are you happy to put him on for a moment? We've got a little surprise for Will. Yes, yes, I'll go and get him. Hang right. on a second. Okay. This is good, isn't it? Will? Here we go. Will, say hello. Hello. Will, g'day. It's Beck and Soda here. How are you going, mate? Good. That's the way. Um, Will, how do you normally get to school each day? I usually ride my bike or scooter to school. So mum never drops you in her car? No, not really. Right. Well, what we want to do, Will, we want to make it really, really long for you to get to school <laughs> tomorrow. Would that be okay? Yeah. So you don't have to go straight there. We might get you to cruise around a little bit, mate, because guess what? What? You have won our deluxe drop-off. You are the first kid in Adelaide to be able to get driven to school in a McLaren supercar. Cool. (laughs) Do you know much about McLarens, Will? Yeah. What we need you to do, mate, is go and get mum to get onto the internet and Google a McLaren GT. Now, it's worth more than $500,000. 
Hey, Will, who's your, who are your best friends at school? What are their names? Nate, Ethan, Louis, and Luca. Oh, maybe we can swing by their place and pick him up on the way. Do you reckon they'd like that? Yeah. Uh, I've got news. Sorry, I've got news for Nate, Ethan, Louis, and Luca. Um, hi, guys. Uh, you can't fit into the McLaren. Oh! It's so tiny unless we lift up the front of the bonnet and put you in that little oh. area there. Um, okay. That's probably not safe. So guess what, Will? You are going to go to school in this magnificent McLaren supercar from the guys at Zagami's. They're going to come and pick you up. Okay. Mate, this is going to be fantastic. Hey, and tell us too, do you um, do you play sport? What's your favourite? Uh, basketball and football. Right. Well, if you become a really famous basketballer, you can probably buy five or six McLarens and you can then oh, go to school sure. every day or to basketball training or to work in a McLaren every day. Yeah, that would be cool. Would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> Mate, we're so excited. So tomorrow, make sure you tell all your mates at Edwardstown Primary School today that you tomorrow will be coming to school in a magnificent McLaren supercar, okay? Yes, I will. What do you think the other kids will say when they see you pull up, Will? Well, one of my friends really likes cars as well, so he get really excited. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, mate, you have a fantastic day today at school, and we look forward to speaking to you tomorrow when you're cruising around in the McLaren. Thanks. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Well, it's just you're getting into your school routine, getting back there. Um, Beck, on the front page of the paper here, it says school canteens up to $6.20 for a pie. I don't even know if that includes sauce. Maybe that's a little extra. Hopefully top. that uh, Can you, includes the dead horse. That is quite amazing, isn't it? Um, and it's more than the pie at the footy. I think it's about $5.40 for a pie at the Adelaide Oval. And you know how people always have a bit of a yeah. whinge of the cost of food at the Oval. Um, sometimes, you know, I think it's a little out of control in terms of the whinging of it. I mean, that's not too bad, particularly when the school's charging $6 plus yeah. for a pie. I've just had a look at my kids' school menu. It's a new canteen menu this year. How's yep. this for gourmet? Mm. Smashed falafel and avocado wrap. What? $6.80. At a school? Yeah. Um, uh, Caesar penne pasta salad, $6.50. Uh, and they've even got sushi and banh mi on the menu. Right. I'm, okay. I'm going to go along with the kids hide in their school bag and have some bad. of these things for um, lunch. You remember you held school lunch? Like there was no banh mi's. <laughs> there was no banh mi's. Absolutely not. Uh, do you know, looking here too, some schools are charging up to $2.30 for a piece of fruit. Yeah. Surely that seems a little excessive, isn't it? I feel like. You could almost give fruit away, couldn't you? Just have a bowl of apples. I hope so. Some of the supermarkets do that. Um, I'm pricing a little price list here in the paper here. So at some schools, lasagna is ten bucks, right? So this was your standard lunch. Lasagna is not a school food. You're going to get that all down your white shirt. I like that though. I'd love to have a lasagna for lunch. So if you had a lasagna, a fruit salad, and a juice, you know how much your lunch would be. $20.50. $20.50. Imagine so, you had that five days a week. For a kid's lunch. How do you, I'm trying to work out with my kids. I reckon they get a they get a lunch order maybe once a week, once a fortnight on a Friday. Yeah. What did you used to do? I, I used to get one every Friday, but also at Blackwood High School, a knot roll with butter mm. was 50 cents. So it was pocket oh, change. Was so you good. could almost have that every day. Did you get a pack of twisties and sometimes put the twisties in the knot roll with uh, butter? That was a bit fancy for me. Um, 131060, I'd love to know, what was your go-to school lunch order? And can you remember how much it cost? Because this is getting astounding. 20 bucks for a kid's no, lunch. No, you can't do that. Um, you know, I used to always have the hot dog and sauce, mm. have the donut, and then maybe a chalky milk. That's so unhealthy. Well, yeah, but back then it didn't matter. No one was concerned about healthy diets with kids. That's what you sort of had. Um, But, you know, we also had at our school, we had this really quirky thing where you would have your roll, like you're saying, you Mm. know, you're not roll with butter. 
but you'd put the sausage roll in it with sauce and mm. you would eat the sausage roll within the bread roll. Yuck. And that was a special little creation How that could our school used to you even get your mouth around that? Well, I had a big mouth. What about those kids that got the order every day? Yes. Things were going well in their household. Did you used to get the brown paper bag, the exact change, and you You had to to write on it? And then as you got a bit older, you actually wrote it yourself instead of your parents. But I'd love to know, 131060, what was your go-to school lunch order? Because certainly it wasn't all this elaborate. Mm. What was it, a Caesar penne pasta? Yeah, I know. It's too much. My friend Kaz got a king-size Mars bar every day, and she would never share it. She wouldn't even give us a bite because she said she didn't want our germs. Yeah, well, Kaz now is spending a lot of time at the dentist getting her teeth rebuilt too. Tell you what, you want to order a lunch order for your kids these days, you've got to take out a second mortgage on your house. Front page mm. of the paper today, around $6 is your average price for a classic meat pie. And what? if you want that and a drink and some fruit salad, you're looking at 20 bucks a day for a lunch that's order at that's school. That's astounding. Um, we're winding back the clock a little bit uh, with your old school Lunch order. What was it? I used to love the hot dog, get the chalky donut, and then have a chalky milk. A lot of chalky going on. Mm. Were you a bit of a chubber? No. Well, I don't. Oh, fat shaming now. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Danny from Port Nolunga. Danny, what was the go-to lunch order in your day? Um, so my mum was a canteen lady, um, so I had a lunch order every day. But oh, I had how a chocolate. Cool <laughs> it was amazing. I had a chocolate donut every day for about five years, wow. yep. and a sausage roll with sauce and a chocolate milk. Oh. I was about, I think that the donut was about a dollar, dollar fifty. Wow. But obviously, I didn't pay. So, and I also used to bribe kids with my mum being the canteen lady. Oh. So it worked out pretty well. Oh, living the dream, <laughs> Danny. My mum used to work as a volunteer in the canteen, sort of every month or so, and then we'd go in with like a five dollar note, and she'd give us five dollars in coins back plus the lunch. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it, actually it's not theft. perfect. It's no, theft. no, that's theft, theft isn't it? Yeah, it's theft. Good morning to my mum, Betty, you absolute thief. Is your mum's name Betty? Yeah. Oh, yeah both Betty. my nanas were Betty. Were they? It's a beautiful Elizabeth. name. Elizabeth. Yeah. We're learning Betty. things about soda and SAFM all the time. Betty the Bandit, I think they should have called her. Um, Amelia from Aldinga Beach. Okay, Amelia, what was in your lunch order? Oh, well, we used to just get like a hot butter roll with just tomato sauce in it, and it was about a dollar or two dollars. Yeah. And then we'd just get those hot, smiley potato chip things for like 50 cents each and just dip it in sauce or put them in the roll. Oh, oh that's what good. A dream. Oh, yeah, I remember those things like little potato gem things, but they had the little faces. Yeah, you can still get them in the supermarket. It's great. Awesome. <laughs> oh, there you go. They went on the menu at Blackwood, I can tell you what. Yeah, you're too busy having what were you having a salad sandwich with beetroot, is yeah. that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. What sort of kid were you? All right, Ashley, what did you used to write on the brown paper bag? How's it going? Um, so my go to order was always uh, what's called chicken chippies. Basically like it looks like a chip, but it's made out of chicken and breadcrumb that was so delicious with a little dare ice coffee. Would like three bucks back in the day. Oh, oh. I like those chicken chippies, they sound um, good. what you sound I, like my era, Ashley. What year did you graduate from high school? Uh two thousand and eight roughly. You're definitely right. around my age. <laughs> so <laughs> close. We probably went to school together. <laughs> Brett in Williamstown, what was your go to canteen order? So, Beck, you'd remember this. You're an oldie like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> three hexy pies and an iced coffee. Right. What, what was, was the hexy, hexy pie? pie? They both made a special pie only for schools. They were little hexagonal pies, and they were about 80 cents each. 
and I'd order three of them and an iced coffee, and they don't make them anymore, unfortunately. Oh. Oh. Brett, how much were they sort of in between the size of a little party pie and a normal pie, or how big were they? Basically, yeah, with a seasoned type of meat inside, and only Balfour's had the machine that made them. Oh. And, yeah, they were, they were the greatest thing ever made. Mate, you, we should talk to Belvis about bringing them Bring back. back yeah. the they were really good, were they? Yeah, there you go. Brilliant. Right, uh, Michelle from Parafield Gardens. Michelle, what was the lunch order? Well, we were never really allowed to have lunch orders, so mm-hmm. they were like a special thing. There was four four girls at school. Yep. Um, but when we did actually get them, I would get half a pasty, which were forty five cents, oh. and like a little mini orange juice, which were like thirty five cents. So it cost about eighty cents <laughs> for our lunch orders. But what used to get me was a couple of years later when my younger sister went to went to primary school, she used to get a lunch order every day <gasps> and she'd get five bucks every day. Oh, jeez, oh, oh, Michelle. Fair, Michelle. Michelle, five can bucks. I ask, was the half pasty on there or mum and dad just yeah. only asking specifically? No, half a pasty and the hexagon pie. Yep. Half a pasty. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, I feel sorry five for cents. you. I, I loved it. We were only little. We were only little, like little starving mums, but yeah. we were cute. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Awesome. How good is half a pasty filled you up for the day? That'd be brilliant. Half a pasty. Oh, this is no this day. is fantastic. I love going down memory lane. Right. Right, I've got one more. Bianca in Sefton Park. What was your canteen order back in the day? So mine, I think, trumps everybody's. It was, I don't even know which one to start with, but it was an apricot log, which was like 20 cents, which is apricot wrapped in coconut. But the best one of all time was a frozen orange grove, and it could only be nippies. I still make them at home to this day in summer, because that's how good they are. What is a frozen orange grove? What is that? It's just, (laughs) I don't want to give away the secrets, but (laughs) it's just nippies orange juice. And when I make it at home, you freeze it like in a cup. So you freeze it, and then the next day you take it out, and you literally smash it with your spoon, and that's how you eat it. So that's what we did at school, and it'd take all of lunch Mm. to smash this little tiny orange grove that came in a carton back in the day. But it'd take that whole time to smash it in your lunchbox, that when you went back to class, you were still trying to smash it and eat it. (laughs) Um, What school did you go to, Bianca? Nailsworth Primary. Oh. oh, okay. All right. Jess, our producer's jumping around like a crazy person. She's She went there yeah. and she obviously remembers it's, that. It's a frozen <laughs> orange juice, guys. It's frozen Brilliant. orange juice. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, good on you. Hey, thanks so much for the calls. How um, cool also, was that? what school did you go to is the most annoying Adelaide question you can ever ask anyone. I know. You just did it then. I know. That's why I'm, I'm apologising for asking that wanky question. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. I know. I want to go and get a sausage roll and I want to put it in yeah. a bread roll. I feel like half a pasty. Yeah. I I feel like a hexy. So you, got a, you got a face like half a pasty, mate. <laughs> <laughs> SAFM's Beck and Soda. A new way to wake up. Get SAFM's Beck and Soda anywhere, anytime on the free listener app, SAFM.